very welcome along. It is the gardening program here on Midwest Radio. Porik Harkin is with us in studio. You've got a Good busy morning. day I today. Sure As <laughs> promised, you are taking part in the Pink River. I sure am. Yes. I sure am. The 180. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's kicking off at 10 o'clock in Castlebar from on Sport Lawn. It's, of course, it's for that great charity, Pink Pink Ribbon um, and, and Breast Cancer Research in particular. So, really looking forward to it. I believe they have uh, huge numbers again this year, over 400. Yes, well, we've just, we've just had a, had a call from uh, Brendan there who is looking after technicalities so uh, I'm not sure we'll be talking to anybody on this programme but uh, lots of coverage coming up uh, throughout the morning yeah. and the very best of luck to everybody who is uh, taking part and well as somebody said it's better if it's a bit on the cool side it I think because you're obviously um, you know working windy. out and all the rest of it yeah and it's so long as it stays dry isn't yeah. that the biggest uh, thing yeah, yeah. it'll be great fun and okay. great crack and, and uh, yeah, like uh, people it's, it's a lovely route this year it's down through Foxford and down route through the, the lakes around Pontoon uh, so if people see the cyclists out, give them an old toot on the horn and, and uh, throw a, a few something in the uh, bucket. Is, bo- is there a, their bucket I'm sure collectors? There are. I'm yeah, sure so there are. so so make a contribution a as well cause. if you can. Yeah. So okay. To that. We're here though to talk about gardening this we morning, sure and we're going to look at greenhouse gardening this morning. Yeah, Paul. I thought we well, particularly with the way the, the weather is shaping up at the moment, um, and always bank holiday um, May bank holiday is the time for certain type of plants, in particular things like uh, planting tomatoes if people have greenhouse tunnels, or even if you've got a windowsill. Um, uh, or you know, some are bright, some are uh, warm, sheltered, obviously out of the wind. So a windowsill, maybe a, um, a patio, conservatory, uh, tunnel, greenhouse—that kind of protected environment. You can grow plants like tomato plants in particular. This is the time of year for planting them. Mm-hmm, if you want good mm-hmm. fruit by late June, July, you need to plant them this weekend. So there's a short variety called totem, which only grows two feet in height. It's a great one. We we um, a lot of the schools in particular love to plant them because if you plant them now, they will grow to. 18 inches to 2 feet, produce their flowers and fruit uh, as we go into to early summer. So that's a nice short uh, compact variety. Mm. Very, very neat. Another nice variety is one called Tumbler, which is great in hanging baskets, window boxes, containers. It's very, very easy to grow. Produces good-sized fruit, but it's a variety that you don't have to clip back any of the side branches. So it's actually very easy to grow. And if people want to get into having their first go at growing tomatoes, then yeah. that tumbler variety is a really nice one. Another great one is one called Red Profusion, which is very similar to tumbler. It's very good for cascading out of baskets, containers, window boxes, um, maybe even a patio pot. But this is the time of year to start planting them up. And they are really easy to grow. Taller varieties, if you're looking for something with kind of full-size fruit that'll grow five or six feet, if you've got a greenhouse or tunnel or a bit of space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then go for a variety called Shirley, which is a, um, a very good uh, fruiting variety, fantastic flavour. And again, if you plant them now, they will be producing their fruit from about the second week in July right through till September, October. The trick really with them is once they start, once the uh, flowers change into small fruitlets, yeah. feed them every fortnight and keep them really well watered during the summer period. For a very sweet tomato and the best one really is one called sweet aperitif it's a relatively small fruiting um, cherry sized tomato Mm -hmm. produces literally hundreds of fruit on on each plant but there's a fantastic um, high sugar content natural sugars of course um, but really high sweet sugar content and flavour of sweet aperitif it's a really good variety and, and again, I have to say I love a sweet tomato and they're lovely there's nothing like it just mm-hmm. picking it straight from the, the tomato plant um, that's one you, you really love and it's one for kids as well because it's high natural sugars uh, but it's got good, very good flavours that's sweet aperitif but really any of the tomato varieties this is the time to get the plants get them into pots or containers you can grow them in grow bags as well but I often find with the grow bags they tend to dry out 
very quickly. So they're better in pots, uh, patio pots with good drainage and right. um, with a good quality compost because remember for most of the varieties they have to grow from literally five or six inches up to five or six feet before they're going to start to produce a lot of fruit. But this is the time of year over the Maybank holiday to start planting tomatoes in particular. Also in the greenhouse plants like peppers, chilies, aubergines, they may sound exotic yeah. or a little bit different. Or would you have much yield or is it well, just is, or is it or is it just the novelty of growing well, a chili or an aubergine? It's both because right. with something like the chilies they will uh, a, a typical chili plant will produce possibly 30 to 50 chilies. Okay, um, so that's so going for a while. Absolutely. And they tend to stay on the plant for quite a long period. And of course with pe- peppers and chilies you can pick them at different stages. So you can, you know, you can pick them in the green uh-huh. form or the yellow form or the the red form um as the 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 fruit is ripening. But certainly this time of year, again they're I suppose more compact and easier to look after than tomatoes. It's a smaller plant. It'll only grow to about maybe eight inches to two feet. Right. Chilies and peppers. And does it need the kind of staking and all Not that? Not really, yeah. no. And it right. doesn't need the pinching back either. Right. You feed it like tomatoes as soon as the fruit starts to form. Um, but again, they're very easy. And this is the time of year. Again, if, particularly if you've got a bright windowsill. I mean, it's a, a chilli plant and a pepper plant is something you can grow in the sitting room on a bright, on a bright windowsill or on the kitchen mm. window. And um, they're very easy to grow. Aubergines, that's the eggplant. Yes, um, so again, that is again typically grows to about eighteen inches to two feet, bushy sort of a plant, um, but produces the lovely aubergines then by mid July, early August, yeah, September. That's sort fleshy of fleshy vegetable. They are right? they're fantastic. Mm. Um, fried, grilled, yeah. grilled or fried. Yeah, they're lovely. Um, and again, simple enough to grow, but this is the time really to plant them. Basil herb. Again, goes well with tomatoes and, and so on, but again, mm-hmm. it needs that little bit of shelter. So you can sow basil from seed now. You can also get it as small plants. And again, this is the time of year to start putting basil back into a sheltered area, a tunnel greenhouse. And indeed, herbs in general, many, most of the herbs are frost hardy. They can be planted directly out of doors. But th- it, this is a good time to plant up window boxes, patio tubs with the general herbs that you're going to use in the gar- garden. Remember I had Barry on last week That's right. talking about um, the growing of herbs and really his advice was to, to grow the ones that you're going to use on a regular basis the common dills and coriander and parsley, plain leaf parsley all of those that you use on a regular basis. The other key thing for May is hanging basket time and now next Saturday, the 7th of May yep. I've organised a demo in the garden centres in each of our garden centres in Galway, Sligo and Castlebar. So we'll be showing people how to do up hanging baskets this day week. There'll be no cycling. No cycling. <laughs> There'll be no uh, cycling for a while, I'd say, after today. Exactly. So uh, so the 7th of May in, in the Garden Centre, um, we'll have a number of demos going on through the day. And uh, if people even want to bring down their own hanging baskets, we'll advise them of the type of plants that will suit. We'll also be doing window boxes and patio planters. But in general, this is the time of year. As we slip into early May, start planting up your hanging baskets, window boxes mm-hmm. with the training plants, training lobelias, training petunias, all of those um, million bells, bacopa, uh, geraniums. And again, once they're planted up, keep them in a sheltered spot, ideally indoors for a couple of weeks yep. until about the middle of May. Or if you've a sheltered sunny corner in the garden somewhere, protect it. They could go out in that area as well. But the trick really is to grow them on for a couple of weeks before hanging them up. Um, the other thing I find is if you pinch back the plants, and I'll be showing this next Saturday, uh, how to pinch back the actual side shoots of the petunias or the bacopas, you increase the number of stems and therefore increase the number of flowers you're going to get from the plants. So it's a little tip 
when um, planting up hanging baskets mm. to pin, pinch back all the side shoots of the plants and that just simply it's a form of pruning and you're encouraging each of the stems to More produce both. two new shoots and, and of course you're going to double the amount of flowers but we'll also be looking at some interesting plants that you can grow in the um, hanging basket because you know for me it's you can use certainly a whole range of different flowering plants but you can also slip in something like a some herbs if you yes. wish or you can put in one of the tumbler tomatoes or some strawberries as well as flowering plants and end up with a kind of a mixture of flowers fruiting and edible plants um, even things simple plants like nasturtium seed I'll be showing people how to use that just popping in the seeds around the edge of the basket just to give a bit of colour and of course the foliage and flowers on nasturtiums are uh, edible yes um, so this is the time of year if you can't make next Saturday certainly this weekend would be a good time to start planting up your hanging baskets window boxes be mindful of obviously the cold weather and if there is any frost keep them covered but uh, really from now on as we slip into May it's really the time to start thinking about summer colour. Excellent. And the demo is that at a particular time next weekend? Or? It's, it is, and I can't remember the okay, time. Okay, that's fine. Sorry, I beg your pardon. <laughs> is that too, but look, I'll be there all day, so I mean, if people pop in, and we'll have yeah. two, I think it's around 12 o'clock, maybe 2 o'clock. Right. Check the website, horkins.ie. Times are up there. Yeah, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Okay, so greenhouse gardening, maybe if the weather is a little inclement uh, yeah. this weekend, might be no harm. And um, if you're itching to get out and do something, and uh, then the hanging baskets, of course, Next weekend. But again, you know, the, the temperatures tomorrow are to rise. We're yes, going they back are 14 to degrees. 14 degrees. Yeah. So we're going back to kind of really that, that milder temperatures and certainly for the planting of, of vegetables and herbs. And in general, the, the actual planting conditions are still quite good for putting in trees and shrubs and hedging and so on. And that can all still be done. Lovely. We're talking uh, off air about a question that's coming in to do with the pheasant berry. Yeah. And now you're giving me the Latin name for it. It's a plant which called is? Lysistria. Formosa. I'm impressed. Now, I, I was saying. Uh, I don't know, even know what the pheasant berry is. So well, I'm the pheasant berry is very well named because it's actually a plant that was planted particularly years ago in the States for pheasants as a cover crop. So it's a shrub, right. it's a perennial shrub. Um, it flowers in the summertime, it produces kind of white uh, panicles of flower, which uh, are pollinated by bees. So it's yeah. a great bee plant. Oh, right. And um, then it produces these reddish purple berries that pheasants love. So the pheasants feed off them in the winter. So I suppose it was a way of creating cover for pheasants. Right, so it's kind them. of a bit of a habitat, really. For yeah, them. it creates that cover, really strong foliage because it's a, quite a vigorous plant mm. to grow. But then it produces fruit, which the, keeps the pheasants feeding in the area, in the area. for the estate. So it st stops them wandering, I suppose. So it was used years ago, um, particularly in the UK, as a as a cover crop or, or a, an estate crop. But it's a lovely shrub as well. Um, so it's easy to grow. It's one of these plants that flowers, it produces berries, it um, fills up an area quickly. It can grow certainly up to six feet, seven mm -hmm. feet in height. It can grow eight feet in diameter. So it's spreading, tall, easy to grow. Um, so it's, you know, where, and, what was the question? Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, so the question is, where can you get it? Well, it's, <laughs> it comes available in the autumn. So yeah. it's generally available around September, October. We, we'd have it in the garden centre that time of year because that's the time that the berries come on the plant and it produces lovely autumn colour as well. So look for it around um, September, September October, yeah. Um, so... Lacestria formosa or, or pheasant berry. It's Lys well named. Lacestria formosa. formosa yeah. And is it just pheasants that eat the berries? Or no, I would imagine birds? all birds yeah. would eat yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's an edible berry a... that's on the... But it produces um, the, the so, so many berries. Mm. They literally hang like grapes off the plant. They're smaller. They're about the size of a blueberry. Okay, so and they just hang off the plant. So it produces such a heavy crop of berries 
all birds will feed off them, but they were particularly used for for, for to, pheasants, for, for pheasants, game birds, right, yeah. yeah, to keep them, I suppose, so in, the foliage, in, in, a, in a location for yeah, other yeah, purposes. Protection, mm. protection of the, the leaves and the, and the cover, and then you had the berries in the autumn. Okay, great. Let's go to another one here now. There's a couple of questions, a bit of a double hedging here. Question: um, Cross Malina listener, Pork. Um, when can I trim copper beech hedging that was planted last year? That's part A and part B. Okay. Is a box's hedge, it has grass growing up through it, what would you recommend? Okay, well in terms of, of, of beech, and it just shows how late the season is, normally beech comes into leaf on the May bank holiday. Uh, typically at the end of April, early May. So it came into leaf early last year because May was such a nice month. This year with the cooler temperatures, they're just about breaking bud. And some some, some in sheltered areas have come into leaf, but most beech hedges uh, are still awaiting the foliage to come on them. Uh, the, it's a young plant. If it was only planted last year, do minimal trimming, really. Just trim the sides. If there's any side branches, you can trim them back. I mean, literally taking an inch or so okay. off, the, off the sides. And again, take about an inch off the top. Um, really... This, I wouldn't do a whole lot of pruning on them. It's just a tidying up because they're relatively new plants. What I would do is put on some fertilizer because beech is going to come into growth, as I mentioned, um, over the next week or 10 days. Mm-hmm. So feed it now. That'll encourage some new growth. The other thing to watch out for with beech, and particularly young beech, it often gets a white aphid in the middle of May, early June, as the new leaves are on the plant, you get a white aphid. It actually overwinters on the stems of the plant. And then as soon as the leaves emerge, it nips on. And you'll notice it because on the underside of the leaf, you'll see the white bug, but also the leaves can be quite sticky and and you get a kind of sticky residue. so if that's present and do keep an eye on it, on it for particularly young beech trees because it, it really holds them back because the aphids are sucking the protein out of the beech leaves yes. and out of the stems and that's why you get that tacky, sticky residue. So keep an eye for that. I would spray with something like Bug Clear anyway with young beech because you will get you will get that white aphid. So feed it now, give it a light trim by all means and then put on something like Bug Clear as soon as the leaves are fully rolled out um, and maybe repeat it in, in a fortnight later and that's really all you have to do with the beach then it should be fine for the rest of the year Okay, lovely and then we have the boxes hedging with the grass growing oh, yeah. up through well, it there, there was we uh, on the market with the um, Fusilade mm. uh, which was great for killing grass but unfortunately that's an agricultural or horticultural herbicide now so you need your licence to apply that so really there's no other um, herbicide that you'll be able to put on to the boxwood that will only kill the grass and not right. kill. So I would maybe hand weed to, to you know, get down low and, and hand weed that scutch grass out or use something like the Roundup gel, which again is like hair gel, like I mentioned before. Yeah. And you can put it on to the, with a, a rubber glove, you can wipe it on to the grass and that will kill it off. But maybe a bit of hand weeding, hand get down weeding, there and, yeah, and get, 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 get down and dirty. Yeah, get the finger, get the fingers into the soil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or at least a little bit. Is there any plant that I could plant now with a 1916 connection? Just thought it would be a nice way to mark the occasion. <laughs> a flower or a tree, well, maybe. That's well, a first. That, it is a nice um, idea, actually. It's a great idea, yeah. and I suppose maybe maybe consider planting um, one of our native yeah. Irish trees. Um, you know, I mean, there's such a, a great range of trees. The horse chestnut we we talked about we talked last about week. Last, yeah, lovely. Where, where, uh, where there's a potential that yeah. they might be in a bit of danger. Um, you know, Mayo Day, I think, is, is today from memory. And the Mayo, Mayo by, by the, uh, the, the, the meaning of Mayo yeah. is the plains of the U. Did you so know that? So, U tree, uh, we owe. Yeah. We owe, the plains of the U. So, the U, Ireland, or Mayo in particular, was covered in U trees going back centuries, centuries ago. So, the U tree is very much connected with Mayo. And, and obviously, the Irish U tree, it's a 
It would be a nice plant to plant. It most certainly would. There was a rose brought out in 1916 called Paul's Scarlet. It was introduced, the breeder brought it to the market in 1916. So that's a climbing rose called Paul's Scarlet. It's a red variety, scented, easy to grow. That would be one that was launched in wow. 1916, okay. so it's 100 years yes, that's uh, a nice old. One. That would be quite nice. So maybe so, some of the native Irish trees would be nice. Um, you know, I mentioned the strawberry tree before, which is na- native to Ireland, particularly parts of uh, Killarney and Donegal and Sligo, a lovely tree. Um, and you've got a whole range of, of native Irish trees. The, the Irish yew would be lovely. Um, if you want something different, there's a, a plant called... Um, Cornus Cusa, Milky Way. Yes. It's a beautiful tree and it comes to us from, from Korea, but it's a beautiful flowering tree. If you wanted just something to mark the occasion that, that would and be that stunning And that comes into colour. flower at this time of the it year? It comes into flower in May and June. Right. Um, Milky Way, as the name suggests, it has starry, star-like flowers. They're produced in profusion and it's got fantastic autumn colour as well. It produces a berry, mm-hmm. a nice red edible berry. It's a small red, like a, a miniature strawberry. Um, so you get the flowers in early summer, you get the berries for the winter, and it produces stunning autumn colour. It's a really nice tree, something different. Mm. So that's Cornus Cusa Milky Way, and there's a variety called um, Pink, Stellar Pink as well, if you want a pink form of that. So they'd be two unusual trees. But I think, look, you've got Paul Scarlet, the rose. I like the idea of, the, of, that, of that rose. Now. Of the rose. Yeah, so yeah. Paul Scarlet. Yeah. Climbing rose, easy to grow, nice red flowers, fragrant, yeah. really good. Variety. So it's around 100 years. Right. Well, so it's just that it, it, it arrived it in 1916, lo- yeah, so, it, it so very actually, timely. Yeah. yeah, Lovely. OK, uh, we'll go from uh, roses, um, of hundreds of years, or 100 years old, to sulphate of iron cork. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's been longer around <laughs> back to, a long back time. Back to basics. Yeah, bring me down um, to ground. Sorry, question here about, obviously, controlling. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Um, Put sulphate barn on a week ago uh, in a bed for moss, wondering when will it be okay to plant potatoes? And then also kind of a double header here. Is it okay to plant, uh, for to treat another patch with more tone? And again, when do, you know, would it be okay to plant on that? Okay, well, I mentioned about more tone la- last mm. week, that it um, more tone is used as, a, as an agricultural spray to kill off docks and daisies and all sorts of um, broadleaf weeds in, in grassland. So if, when you use it in a lawn situation, you can get yellowing of the lawn because it's quite a strong herbicide so it can actually set the lawn back a little bit. Now it depends on the type of grass you have. If it's a coarse grass it'll be well fit to take a treatment of Morton. If it's a finer grass, so if you've sown fine lawn seed then I would avoid Morton and I would use one of the proprietary lawn treatments like dicoflower or uh, one of the just the regular lawn weed killers um, so just be careful with morton um, you know it, it can yellow and, and, and scorch the lawns um, in terms of the sulphate of iron in terms of potatoes that's fine uh, sulphate of iron is it, 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 it's a form of iron so it's not going to it's just adding iron to the soil so dig that in plant your potatoes now and um, there's absolutely no problem and you don't need to leave it for a couple of weeks you can get out there as soon as the soil conditions are right get out and start planting them excellent now uh, plants in the greenhouse they're doing so well they're nice lots of nice new growth but I do notice the leaves on the geraniums are sticky with white specks in the soil wondering what would this be and what do we do okay well that's that's back to similar to the copper beach that's our friends the aphids are out on your geraniums and so when you see that sticky substance and the white the white deposit is actually the skin of the aphid 
you'll often say a telltale sign if you see the white flecks. They're like mm-hmm. dandruff on top of the soil or you'll often see them on the leaves and particularly if the leaves are sticky. If you look, look closely, you'll see aphids, particularly on the young growth, on geraniums. Now, you can do two things. You can use a proprietary spray like Bug Clear, uh, which will get rid of them. Or if you want, you could use one of the smoke, you know, the fumer oh, the peas. Fumigate, yeah. yeah, you could use that, the fumer peas, which is a, a smoke it's excreted around the greenhouse it'll get into the cracks and crevices it'll get rid of and you can use it quite safely when you have other plants growing in the greenhouse so you simply just get the canister light it in the evening time close up the greenhouse walk away the following morning just open up the vents and everything should be nice and clean and uh, because if you've got them on the geraniums the chances are that have spread onto the other plants as well uh, so, and this is the time of year as the temperatures right. start to rise yeah. the aphids are naturally are. going to be coming out and breeding and particularly if you've got lots of new growth on plants that's what they relish right. so because it's nice sweet material absolutely absolutely and that sticky substance is literally they take the protein through their gut and that's Systems. the residue that comes back out the other end okay that's what you're right uh, yeah. <laughs> aphid waste right <laughs> aphid could it, waste, would it be, it. <laughs> sorry no it's early in the morning would it be okay to sow potatoes and marigold plants outside this weekend well potatoes fine and, and there's the old saying that you can plant potatoes up until the ash comes into leaf so the ash is still very very dormant and will be for another certainly two to three weeks so until the ash is fully clothed you can plant potatoes so right up to the end of May you can still plant no problem at all and uh, marigolds no with the frost at night time and the cold temperatures, particularly French marigolds mm-hmm. and any of the tender bedding plants, don't be tempted to plant them out of doors yet. So things like Vizilizis and Begonias, French marigolds, Adjuratum, all of those softer plants, don't plant them out to the middle of May at least or until the weather certainly improves significantly. But hardier plants like Anthrinums, um, Sweet Pea, White Alisum, those hardy annuals, they can be planted, Pansies, Violas, all of those can be sown out of doors from plants now with no risk really they're all frost hardy now um if it's the english marigold they haven't mentioned which type of marigold they doesn't know i'm yeah. afraid it's marigolds in yeah. in general but well, and there's quite a difference between the two really, there is yeah. There? yeah the calendula is the is the english marigold and that's our calendula it's often uh, pronounced if it, that gets totally hardy it can be planted out of doors fine and yeah. there are plants available at this time of year but the, the french, french our french friend no right. keep them in my winter and spring heathers were very showy this year. Right. Do I need to cut them back and when do I do it? Well, you do. He- winter heathers, they flower up until probably the middle of May. Certainly, they're still in bloom. So you prune them after flowering. Uh, so leave it for maybe another week or 10 days and prune them back, then shear them back. You remove the flowering wood. So you cut them back by maybe six or eight inches with a shears is mm-hmm. probably the handiest way to do it. Um, and once you trim them, you feed at the same time. So put on something like the Osmo Pro 6 just to give them... Uh, a boost because whatever growth they make this summer they will flower next winter or the, this coming winter on so how well they grow during the summer period determines how well they flower so trim them back certainly by six to eight inches uh, any time from now on once the flower is going a little bit brown trim them back and don't leave it too late because they will come into growth now very quickly so over the next week or ten days okay. get them a trimming I'd like to create a border of cottage garden plants, the old-fashioned okay. summer flowers. Yeah. What can I plant now for flowers this summer and something that'll come back next year, please? Okay, well, yeah. you're going for the perennial cottage garden plants. Um, there's a lovely garden on the way through Partry, on the way to Ballinrobe, mm-hmm. and they have planted the, Patsy has planted the, the cottage garden plants on either side, things like lupins and delphiniums, and they're great because they come back year after year. So you're thinking of, like in flower at the moment, you've got the lovely perennial wallflowers. They're fantastic at the moment. They come in a whole range of different colours, reds and yellows and oranges. They're scented. They flower from now off 
often till late summer, right, yeah. uh, particularly if you deadhead them. And it's uh, the perennial wallflowers tend to even flower through the winter period. They're a great overall plant. They'd be quite nice at the moment to get a kind of bit of early colour. Dianthus, I think I mentioned last week, the the border carnations. Mm-hmm. They've got double flowers like a carnation. They're short in statue. They're coming into flower now and flower the whole summer long and they're all perennial. But you've also got things like the lupins, of course, which are um, so easy to grow and again will be coming into flower in May and June. Lilies, the peace lily or the arum lily mm-hmm. or lilies in general are lovely. Chrysanthemums, aquilegias, agapanthus, delphiniums, foxgloves. There's a whole range of cottage garden plants. This is the time of year to plant them. Generally, if you're doing a border, they're better planted in groups of threes. So three lupins together, three delphiniums together. Threes or fives um, tend to give a more spectacular show rather than using ones of everything. Yeah, um, Maybe some of the sweet pea, particularly the perennial sweet pea, if you had a, a fence or a border or a wall at the back of the bed, that would be lovely. It, it fits into that old cottage garden look and theme. So you've got pink pearl or white pearl, which are the white and pink perennial sweet peas. So things like that, sweet peas and all those cottage garden plants, primulas, there's a whole range pop into your local garden centre there's lots of them available at the moment and get them so that they're flowering you know from April right through to September so plants like chrysanthemums flower towards the end of the season uh-huh. they come into flower kind of August, September, October so, so make so sure that you're getting that you a have range. longevity exactly guess, yeah. that you're getting a full range of spectrum of colour okay I planted a hamamelis chilena yeah, yeah. Uh, last October. Okay. It was beautiful since Christmas. The flowers are now gone and the leaves are starting uh, to go. Do I need to prune and feed it now? What's, okay. a, what's a hamamelis chilena? Hamamelis. is a um, fantastic plant. It flowers from October right through until April. Um, there's a whole range of uh, different varieties. Um, typically they're yellow in colour. Yeah. Um, but this particular variety is orange lovely orange flowers. They flower on the naked stems, so the plant is deciduous, it drops its leaf in winter. Um, And the flowers aren't typically of, they're like a moss, uh, kind of that kind of unusual flower, yeah. Um, So it's not your kind of typical trumpet-shaped flower. It's more a kind of a mossy type um, flower. But because because Hamamelis flowered through the winter period, the flowers stay on them for such a long time. And most of them are scented, so you can cut them like a cut oh. flower or cut stem, bring them indoors and you have them flowering and lovely scent in the winter time. So Jelena is a, a orange variety. Um, Hamamelis mollus, for example, is the witch hazel, which is um, beautiful yellow flowers, yes. the colour of butter. So it's a lovely bright, showy plant. Great time to plant them now. Um, but And in typically, a bit like the winter flowering heathers, anything that flowers through the winter, once the flower goes off it, now is the time to prune them back. Okay. So things like the Hamamelis, yes, shorten back the generally when you buy them as a plant they're three or four feet high they've gen- typically flower in their first year shorten them back by maybe a foot and again as I always say when you cut them back you feed at the same time pruning them back just increases the number of stems for next year and feeding them then encourages the plant to produce flower buds for next winter so all winter flowering plants for example some of the the flowering red kerns that are going out of flower now they should be pruned this time of year for Scythiae that lovely yellow yes. flowering plant that's in flower at the at moment, the moment yeah, but it's, it's going to go out of flower in the next couple of weeks Berberus darwinii which is orange the orange Berberus that's full flower at the moment very spectacular this year but again give it another month it's going to be going out of flower so all of those plants you prune immediately the flower starts to fade and Hamamelis is no different so if you want to love a nice winter flowering shrub mm. um, Hamamelis chilena or Hamamelis mollus are two lovely lovely garden they'll make a eight nine foot 
planned. Yeah, I'm just looking at it here. Well, I did, yes, because I'm always curious to see <laughs> something new that I've never heard of before. Um, and yes, it, it reminds, yeah, so it's kind of a, it's like one of the thor, the thorn trees as in the white thorn or a bald yeah. scarlet a little bit, you know, it's not very tall, but it's quite a bush. bushy yeah, one. And, a big shrub. But interesting flowers. Oh, unusual yeah, flowers. Not, not your commoner garden no, variety no, no, at all. No, no. Yeah. And they last on the plant for such a long time. And it's one of those kind of interesting plants that when it's in flower, you, you, you it catches your eye from a distance. So yeah. Hamamelis mollis or Hamamelis julina, um, think of witch hazel yes. or Chinese hazel, it's often called as well. The leaves are very like a hazel, uh, like the typical wild hazel. It's got kind of a crinkly leaf, yeah. yeah. But a, a really nice plant, particularly yeah. in winter, winter colour. Okay, this, I know you mentioned nasturtiums a little bit earlier. Uh, question on nasturtiums. Can we sow the seeds outdoors yet, Porik? With this weather, with the cold weather, uh, the listener did it last year's flowers were gorgeous, but it seems a little cold at it the is moment. A, it is a little nippy, uh-huh. all right. But I mean, if the soil conditions are, are workable, if you can rake the soil and sow the seeds, yeah, there's no problem. I mean, they're not going to germinate anyway for another... 14 days, you know, maybe 21 days uh, out of doors. So, yeah, if you're inclined to do it tomorrow, yeah, you get the uh, the seed out. Any hardy annuals can be planted, mm. sown from seed out of doors now. So, you know, even with a bit of cold weather, it, they're not going to be affected. So, if, yeah. if the soil can, if you can work the soil, as long as it's not too wet and too sticky, then by all means, you can start sowing the seeds. Definitely of vegetable plants, of flowering yeah. plants. I sowed my herbs, I remember I was saying last week, and they're all up now. There you go. Yeah, you saw yeah. them indoors, though, didn't I you? I did, I saw them indoors, yeah, they're in pots, yeah. yeah. So leave them another week or two and then plant them out, yeah. Yep. But certainly with nasturtiums, yes, you could. You could go ahead and start sowing them. And nasturtium seed come in a whole range of different types from very vigorous climbing varieties to more better behaved varieties yeah. say for baskets or containers so when you're looking at the packets make sure you look at the height because you want something that's obviously yeah like have a tendency to take over if they're not managed oh they are yeah, yeah. so you pick the you pick the variety to suit so if it's a big area the listener wants to cover mm-hmm. then go for more vigorous variety if it's something for pots and containers then there's a variety for example called Alaska which has got variegated foliage and a whole range of different colours it's great in containers because you've got the nice foliage colour yes. before the flowers mm-hmm. and it's a, quite a compact variety or Tom Thumb is another short neat variety where there are plenty of other more vigorous varieties as well. Now, um, we, sorry, we talked about cottage garden plants and I messed up a little bit of repetition there. Um, what feed is best for a white thorn hedge? Well, use a, a, a granulated feed. So generally, typically liquid feeds like tomato feeds or the Osmo liquid feed are better used for pots and containers or vegetables, you know, the kind of more... Mm. Uh, softer plants um, for trees, shrubs, hedging, laurels, white thorn. Use a granulated feed. So, so something like the Osmo Pro Six would be very good. A good handful to each tree. Depends on the age of it. If they're only young white thorn that went in maybe this autumn, half a handful would be plenty and right. repeat it about six weeks, four, mm. five to six weeks later. So general trees and shrubs, a granulated feed for hanging baskets, containers, window boxes, a liquid feed. Now, how do we grow wheatgrass? Very simply, you buy the seed at this time of year. The seed is available now. Uh, wheatgrass is obviously that, um, it's it's literally wheatgrass. It's it's the young foliage of wheat um, and it's grown in seed trays so you can get a standard seed tray or mm. box regular gardening, uh, potting compost, have it moist but not too wet, sow the seed along the top and cover with a, a little bit of compost, cover the tray with cling film, sit it on a bright windowsill indoors, it'll germinate in seven to ten days and then you're cutting the grass when it's about, I suppose, five, four to five inches high with a scissors and you juice the foliage. Right. You can eat the foliage raw if you wish but generally the foliage is juiced. So it's one really to be growing. You can grow it outdoors as well but it better if you've got a bright windowsill 
conservatory greenhouse tunnel. That's the ideal conditions for it. And once you cut it, it regrows again. So you can crop the same piece of... So it's kind of cut and come, really. Cut and come is the word, yeah. And So any container that's well-drained, ordinary garden compost, it's very, very easy to grow. It'll be up in a couple of weeks. Now, peony roses. Can yeah. I plant them in pots inside? I don't have room outside, says Bridget. Well, peony roses are an outdoor. Going back to your cottage mm. garden plant, it's one of the lovely um, cottage. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. Yeah, super plant. Um, and, and very reliable. Once they start flowering, they, they, they tend to flower every year. But they're really an outdoor plant. So And they do very well in pots, as mm. long as you pick a large enough pot to... Uh, contain the plant. So really my advice is yes, plant them up in the pots and containers but you need to plant them, you need to leave that pot then out of doors somewhere on a patio um, it doesn't have to go into the ground as such but it can be left outside your hall door back door, you know yeah. uh, their, their peony roses will tolerate slight shade yeah. so it doesn't have to be a bright sunny spot, they'll tolerate shade as well so really on your the step of your door type of thing or out outside the oh, back good. door but they need to be outside they won't grow indoors um, how do we grow roses in a rocky stony ground or is it possible and this listener Patricia good morning to you also has camellias in pots they're looking a bit on the hungry side mm. so what do we feed them with well camellias are a woodland plant and mm. when, when they go into pots naturally they're going to outgrow the pot after a certain period of time ideally they're better either moved into a larger container at this time of year it's a good time for repotting camellias mm-hmm. Um, or into the garden soil. Now, they do require an acid soil, a lime-free soil. Um, So either move them into a bigger pot or get them into the garden soil using ericaceous compost. And this is the time of year that we start feeding camellias, rhododendrons, azaleas in particular because they are beginning to, they're either in flower or soon will be going out of flower and you need to build them up for next year. Going back to the rose, how do you grow it? In, yeah, in, or I suppose, uh, really the question is, is it possible to grow roses? With great difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> great difficulty. <laughs> Remember, ho- roses are... magic ho- touch. Yeah, well, they're, 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 they're hungry enough yeah. plants. You're pruning them back to nothing each they're year. They're not but, rockery plants No, then. they're not. So you need to have a reasonable depth of soil. I would look for at least two to two and a half feet of a depth of soil by something similar in, in diameter. So... You need to create a rose bed or remove some of the stone or rock. You need to prepare a proper bed for them. Um, so, you know, that's roses are going to require that. At least 18 inches to 2 feet of topsoil. Um, and remember that roses will live for 20, 30 years if they're looked after. So it's worth putting a bit of effort into them. And generally speaking, they're better planted all of the one type or maybe two varieties together, not a whole mixture it's of right. different. Um, and, you know, they look better planted en masse, maybe trees, five, sevens in a bed. Look, looks quite stunning. Now, um, a couple of questions in. I'd say people haven't quite tended their lawns yet. Something no, tells some me. Some people haven't yeah. cut their lawns yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm not quite in that category, mm. but uh, I'm probably not too far off it. Uh, what is the best uh, feeding for a lawn? Getting rid of the moss. How to apply? How much to use? And somebody else I noticed had patches in their lawns. Okay, so well, just to we do a quick yeah, just to remind lawn, people, I suppose. Hair. And this year in particular, Deirdre, with the wet winter we had, the wet spring, and indeed the very cold temperatures we've had this year, lots of moss around, lots of broadleaf weeds around as well. So lawns in general, and the amount of rainfall we had over the winter has leached a lot of nutrition from soils this year. So you're seeing a lot of lawns that are very yellow, you're seeing laurel plants that are very yellow. Um, So all that 
fertiliser, I suppose, or nutrition has been washed from the soil this year. Um, so really, look, the steps are quite simple. I would eradicate the moss, first of all, and, and use the zero. You'll find it very effective. If you apply it today, the moss will be dead tomorrow. The, the key thing then is to feed the lawn. So put on, again, something like the um, Osmo Park and Fairway or a good quality, slow-release lawn feed is what you're looking for. So something that's going to feed the lawn slowly. It's going to green it, really, without mm. encouraging it to grow. Um, so kill the moss with the zero, following day or day or, day or two later put on your um, Osmo feed that'll take about a week to 10 days to green up the lawn and really encourage the, the, the colour in the lawn to come back and then if you've got weeds after they finish flowering so dandelions and daisies are in bloom so wait till they finish flowering and then you can apply a proprietary lawn treatment on them if you do those three steps your lawn will be back in great condition again and normally you'd feed the lawn again about the end of May that's the kind of key time, the end of May, early June, and that'll keep that it going. going. But use a slow-released lawn okay. fertiliser, that's critical. Now, my dad loves the vegetable garden, but this spring, due to ill health, is not going to plant all of the beds. I want to sow some flowers, but maybe grass to keep it tidy. What types could I grow? Something for a beginner, please. Okay, yeah. well, very uh, good. it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, if you've got spare ground rather than letting the weeds colonise yeah. it, why not put in something that's more beneficial? The first thing that comes into mind will be things like the green manures. So things like these are a range of, of plants that add nutrition back to particularly vegetable gardens. So if you've got a, a garden that you want to kind of rest for a period, a good idea is to grow um, a crop of what we call green manure. So there are plants like phacelia, which you've heard me talk about before. Yes, phacelia is one of these plants that you sow from seed now. So you simply just put it onto the soil, you rake it in, you stand back and allow it to germinate. It'll grow during the, the spring and early summer period and come into flower about the end of June and stay in flower until September, at which stage you dig it back into the soil. Now, the great thing about phacelia, and it's spelled with a P, so the P is silent. J-C-E-L-I-A. That's it. Um, the great thing about it is that bees absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, it, it's actually a very pretty plant, a lovely blue kind of forget-me-not-like flowers um, during the summer period. And it flowers for a very long period. It'll only grow about 18 inches in height and it literally covers the soil, so it stops the weeds from growing. And if you dig it back into the soil then after flowering, it adds a lot of nutrition, nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium back into your soil. So it actually prepares the soil for sowing your potatoes or whatever next year. It's an organic and natural method of using the soil but also being environmentally friendly but also adding nutrition being very beneficial for the soil as well. Failing that and again there's a whole range of different green manures like red clover and mustard that you can use but I like that phacelia because it's a particularly pretty plant. The other thing you could do is get yourself some hardy annuals so you can get bags of mixed seed now that are there's a variety called easy flowers which again is a blend of different types of seeds Um, and again you just chuck it onto the soil you rake it in and you allow those to grow and they'll give you lots of summer colour then from about the end of June again through to September so either of those I would possibly favour the the green manures go for that facility or red clover or even go for a mixture if you wish and uh, you're adding nutrition flower be friendly and environmental friendly. Okay. And you're, and and you're, ke- and you're keeping the patch free You are. And you're keeping it weed free yeah. as, as much as possible. You'll always get an odd little bit of weed, but it, overall it'll keep it very neat and tidy. Okay. One or two more quick ones before we let you go. Um, planted a potted laurel hedge two weeks ago. It's lying over with the wind. Okay. Will I leave it well enough alone? No, 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 no. <laughs> I love the phrase. Get out there and uh, they're looking for a dodge on this one, are well, they? Well, they're an looking excuse. for you to say, yes, it's fine. <clears throat> Don't worry, it'll look after itself. Okay. So what, what, the, what I would do here is the laurel 
obviously have got knocked over with the wind. Mm. The first thing the listener should do is actually prune back the laurel. If you're planting new laurels into the garden, prune them back. Take at least five or six inches off the plants. I know it looks, you've bought this lovely two foot high plant. The last thing you want to be doing is cutting it back, but that's actually what should happen because A, it stops the wind from knocking it about and secondly, you're encouraging the plant to fill out from the base. You're not yes. going to, you're going to make a bushier, fuller plant and a nicer hedge by pruning it back. So straighten them all back up again, firm them in well and then take at least six inches off every plant. Give it a little bit of a feed and that those will kick into growth and as soon as the growth starts they're going to be they'll take off so yeah firm them back in prune them back give them a feed and let them off but don't leave them lying down and I have a plant called Annabelle I planted it for my daughter it has large snowball like flowers in summer when do I cut it back and how do I feed it what's Annabelle very quickly now well it's uh, Annabelle is one of the easiest garden plants you could plant it's actually a variety of hydrangea hydrangea Ah. Annabelle it produces literally 10 inch 8 to 10 inch size snowball flowers from July through till October. It's one of the easiest hydrangeas to grow. Um, it's um, arborescence variety. It's an unusual, it's not unusual, but mm. it's it's different to the ordinary um, hydrangeas in that you can prune it like a rose bush in the springtime. It regrows and flowers on this year's growth. Yeah. So it's unusual in that way, but it's a great plant to fill an area. Um, it's so simple to grow, beautiful flowers and very long flowering. So that's hydrangea Annabelle. What was the question? The question was, when do we trim it and what do we, well, when do prune we feed it? Now. it? Yeah. If you haven't fr- pruned it, prune it now, even though there'll be some new growth on it and exactly that, feed it because it, pro- it grows from literally six inches to four feet in the one year, producing those massive big flowers. Okay. Lovely, lovely plant. So Hydrangea Annabelle, prune it now, feed it, maybe refeed it again in about five weeks' time and then sit back and enjoy it. And finally, finally, vegetable seeds put into open ridges last week Will they be killed now due to the bad weather no, and the cold? No, no, don't they're worry about them. They'll okay, be fine. They'll be perfectly okay. They'll be slow germinating, but they'll be perfectly okay. And look, at it's still plenty of time to be planting and sowing vegetables. Okay. So you are heading off on I'm your off cycle. I'm off my cycle. So yeah. give me a wave. I, the civil defence are out and the order of Malta. So I I'm in good hands. Ca- I think the whole county is out <laughs> and beyond. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to Yeah, really looking forward to it. And uh, remember, the demo is next, next Saturday. Saturday. So that's the 7th of May in the garden centres on hanging baskets, window boxes and containers. And I'll be back here next week hopefully with lots more and I know <laughs> yeah. there's questions there that we didn't get to but we'll uh, there's one or two interesting ones there and we'll pick up on those okay. uh, next week Super. Pork the very best of luck today Thanks, and to everybody taking part in the Mayo Pink Ribbon Cycle I know that we have some coverage coming your way uh, from the start I think um, so that coming your way uh, along with local news at 10 o'clock and then Michael Neary with Country Classics after 10 until next Saturday for me have yourselves a wonderful bank holiday weekend